We're going to be in Mark chapter 12. Great to be in the house of God. Mark chapter 12, God start, uh, really starting to move in our midst, and you need to be a part of it, amen? Mark chapter 12, and when you find it, uh, stand with me, Mark chapter 12, verse 38. And the Bible says, and he said unto them in his doctrine. That's a very important phrase right there, in his doctrine. Beware of the scribes. You notice it's his doctrine, the Lord Jesus Christ's doctrine. Amen? And we need to be surrounded by doctrine. Not any doctrine, but the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. Beware of the scribes. Beware of them. Uh, Which love to go in long clothing and love salutations in the marketplaces. And the chief seats in the synagogues and the uppermost rooms at feasts, which devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers, uh, these shall receive greater damnation. And you, you don't think good people are in hell today. There's your verse right there. Uh, these people are uh, the scribes. They are the uh, ideal people of society that go around helping others. But uh, the Lord Jesus Christ reveals the hidden issues of their heart. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld uh, how, how the people cast money into the treasury. And thank God there's people who just have a heart to give to God. Amen. Uh, and these people are just everyday people and they, they give to God despite of uh, even if, if a church is corrupt, they'll still give. Even if uh, it's being in, uh, not used properly, uh, they'll still give. Why? They say, you know what, God, I'm giving to God, and that's all that matters. Amen? And thank God for people uh, like that. And there's people here, they just, they're just giving. And the uh, Bible says, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Lord, help us, I pray, uh, to be uh, living according to your doctrine, to be reading according to your doctrine, uh, Lord, I pray that we'll be about uh, your business, not get tied up with the affairs of this world. Lord, uh, we, we'll never be a good soldier, the Bible says, if we entangle ourselves with the affairs of this life. Lord, because we know the end of it. It all gets destroyed, and you uh, will be seated on your throne. Uh, Lord, so why wait to serve you now? Uh, Lord, there's nothing to serve in this world. It's all uh, just one big fire. And we'll, we will throw our life as just fuel for this fire that fuels nothing else. Uh, but I pray that we will uh, fuel the fire, Lord, that burns for your honor and glory, Lord. And Lord, that fire never goes out. Lord, it just burns by your glory, 
by your light, by your countenance, and by your grace. Lord, and help us to burn for you. Strengthen us, I pray. Give us grace. Give us power. And Lord, I pray you help us now as we look into this uh, widow's life uh, to see some hidden treasures here for our own life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Notice here in verse uh, 38, the Bible says, and he said unto them in his doctrine. It is important. The Bible says that uh, in the last days, men will not endure sound doctrine. And there is a phrase in churches, and you've got to be aware of this phrase. um, They say that love unites and doctrine divides. And they make it as though it's a bad thing. But it is a true saying. Love does unite and doctrine divides. But doctrine divides truth from error. Amen? And we need good sound doctrine. The Bible says in the last days, men will not endure the sound doctrine. But will they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears? Don't give me doctrine. Just teach me. Fill up my mind with a knowledge. Fill up my uh, mind, not, never my heart. Preaching goes right to the heart. Doctrine changes lives. Amen. But let me tell you this. The love of God is a doctrine. The, the death and burial and resurrection of Christ is a doctrine. And we need sound doctrine. Doctrine divides. It does divide. It divides the sheep from the goats. And there will be people that get offended. But let me tell you this. True love uh, casteth out fear, the Bible says. And faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Those kisses that you confuse with love is from an enemy as Judas kissed the Lord Jesus Christ when he betrayed him. And there is no love on their behalf when uh, people are going to hell, when lives are broken, when marriages are shattered, when kids are, are on their way to a path of foolishness, and you just say everything's going to be okay, uh, just you need to love them and they'll make out all right. They're not going to make out all right. Love is of God, and he gave us his word to guide us therein. He gave us the nutrients we need to uh, uh, live right for him and walk right for him, and, and he gave us a good sense preachers and and the church today that you're in for for you to get established and do some great things for God and thank God for his doctrine and the Bible says and he said unto them in his doctrine you don't need just anything you don't need to be reading on the internet Uh, I've I've come across so much confusion when we started the church because of people who backslid they got involved with things uh, on the internet that they just studied 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 and uh, it was during the, the the time when they were away from Christ They studied every good thing out of their life and devil replaced it with with lies. And you couldn't convince them after that. You get in your flesh lies, you'll go on your way believing uh, every lie. And in order to cover up one lie, uh, one after another has to be stacked up to keep on covering up the other thing. But listen to me, uh, when you believe in truth, the truth shall set you free. There is no hidden agenda to God. It's just pure love for you. There's no hidden agenda like he's going to get something in the end of your life out of you. The best thing he can get is us in our, on our knees in prayer before him. And that's what he craves and desires is your affection and your attention. The Bible says he's our husband and he's a faithful husband. And the only thing a husband wants is the affection of his wife. When she comes home and greets him, he'll work the world. He'll conquer the world. He'll buy her everything. Why? Because it's built into a husband to do those things for a wife. And when he comes home, a kiss on the cheek and a good hot dinner is good enough for him. Amen. And when God comes and looks down, he sees you as a faithful 
faithful wife, uh, uh, just doing your part for him. And that's good enough for him is when you can say, God, thank you for all you've done for me. Thank you for providing. I love you. I love you, God. I love you. And that's the most he'll get out of us. And he better get it out of your life. The Bible says that it is in his doctrine. We need to be about the doctrine of the word of God. Get into the doctrine of God's word. Don't let uh, uh, Calvinism, uh, the doctrine of John Calvin, don't get into all these false doctrines. You know the one true doctrine, and that will set you free from all the false doctrines. You don't need to go and study every little type of religion and introduce your family to all these types of uh, religions and types of false gods. And You just get into the word of God. It was given for you on your behalf to feed you, to feed your kids, to nurture everything about you. The Bible says, says that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The word of God is uh, crucial for a good marriage. The word of God is crucial for a good home. The word of God is crucial for a good walk and a good work and a good way. And you need to be about in God's doctrine, in the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, beware of the scribes. Beware of the scribes. The scribes are the best of this world. the ones that will take you away from the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. They come in sheep's clothing. That means you will not be able to tell them apart. You're not going to see a zipper on the back of them. You know, is that an outfit you're wearing? No, you won't see that. They're going to look like one. They're going to smell like one. They're going to talk like one. Why? Because in the end, in their heart, and the Bible says they deceived and are deceived themselves. That means they might not even know that they are a wolf in sheep's clothing. Only true doctrine can tell the difference to them and to you. But you need to be about your father's business. Get into the word of God and you will see the, these wolves. The, here are the scribes, the religious crowd, the best of the best that this world has to offer you. Jesus said, you beware of them. Their glory is of the, what the people give them. They have no care, although they think they do, but they're living for themselves. They're made of self-righteousness. That means they do all the righteous acts, but their righteousness is not for God, through God, towards God. Their righteousness is of their own strength. There are the people that you, they're, they're, you think they're walking right, but there's just something off about them. Those are the scribes, the, the religious crowd. And in this passage here, the best the world has to offer you, the help of the world. The Bible says, beware of them. And the chief seats in the synagogues, the uppermost room at feasts. The Bible says they devour widows' houses. The houses, it's not just a physical house, but everything uh, that poor woman has uh, within her home and what makes up her life. And for a pretense, make long prayers. These shall receive greater damnation. And through these passages, we can uh, say that there are different levels of the burning hell. Amen. Uh, some when the Lord Jesus Christ judges them. And the Bible says that the, the lake of fire belongs to our Lord Jesus Christ. It does not belong to Satan. 
Satan does not own hell. Satan does not own uh, the lake of fire. No, the Lord Jesus Christ does. And Satan is scared to be cast there. Satan, uh, the Bible says that God created hell for the devil and his angels. And when the Lord was buried uh, in the grave, he went down to, the, uh, to hell, the Bible says, and he took the keys of life and death. And the Bible says now he controls all, all power is given unto him in heaven and in earth. And he said, go ye therefore and preach the gospel. All power is given unto Christ. All power. That's why we're a Baptist church. Amen. Baptists, we're not uh, part of any group. This is our group right here. This is our church family. And we uh, have no derivative other than the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not followers of a man. We're not followers of another uh, 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 group or denomination. No, this is what it is right here. Our head is the Lord Jesus Christ. Our guide is the word of God. Our compass uh, is the Holy Spirit of God. And we walk with the Savior. Here we have in 41. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. Now, the Bible speaks a lot about money. Some people say, uh, why does churches, all they care about is money? I'll tell you what, we don't care about money. Amen? I'm trying to preach that out of here. I don't want to care about money. Money is, a, uh, uh, is bondage to us. It takes control of us too much. And I learned that God is rich. Amen? And you just need to pray. And God will provide. Remember when Peter was worried about money. And he came to the Lord and he said, Lord, they're after us. The taxes. It's tax time, Lord. They're after you too. Jesus said, Peter, go fishing. Cast in the hook. And the first fish you pull up, there's going to be a gold, big old gold coin in his mouth. Wow, that fish swimming around, thought it was a lure, amen? Swallowed it. Peter couldn't get it out of his mouth, got stuck, and Peter hooked it, paid the taxes. Probably had left over to get a cup of coffee, amen? Listen, God provides, and we don't need to think, when you see money in the Bible, don't think God cares about money. He cares about you, amen? And he's trying to help us be freed from the things of this world, uh, freed from the bondage that's around us and how easily we get tied up with with the cares and things of this life, especially when it concerns money. There came a certain poor widow. The Bible says she was poor. She's a widow. That means her husband died. Now, it doesn't say she's an old lady. This girl could have been 20 years old. This girl could have been 30 years old. She could have had five kids. I don't know. But the the Bible doesn't say, you know why? Because circumstances don't matter to the Lord. The Lord is more powerful than anything that binds you. Any circumstances you think God can't get you out of, it doesn't matter to him. They're small compared to the power of God. They're small compared to the word of God that just spoke and breathed in man's nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. They're small compared to the word of God when he said, uh, let there be light. And there was. Let there be uh, a firmament. 
and land and grass and fish and birds. And there was. And he said, and it was good. All God needs uh, to do in your life is just speak and it shall be done. What would you pray for God to speak out in your life? Your circumstances don't matter to the Lord. He is so beyond uh, even us in our entire life and all of our lives combined. And the circumstances that weigh you down so much are not even measurable to the quality of a second of God's time. But yet he bends his ear to every prayer. He listens and the Bible says he holds every tear in a bottle for you. Your circumstances don't matter to God, but you do. And things weighing you down, that's why he cares. That's why he'll take the time. The Bible says she was a poor widow. She didn't have much. I wonder what her husband did. Maybe he ran a business and lost it. Maybe he, they were just both poor and they got together. They got married. They made best of it. Maybe they were young. They were just starting out with nothing. And uh, they, were tra- they had all these plans, dreams, and goals of life. And her husband died. The Bible says she threw in two mites. Two mites which make a farthing. Bible broke it down. Maybe one mite for a mite is the smallest coin, a fragment. It would be a penny on our part. The smallest bit, smallest piece, that's what a mite is. I think of termites. Small creatures that destroy everything. Anybody ever have termites? They'll get, they'll get your house, amen? They'll eat you out of house and home. But the Bible says uh, she threw in two mites. One maybe might for her husband. Maybe her husband, that's all he had. And she had one might for herself, which make a farthing. Amen. And that's how marriage is. A husband, a wife uh, is one marriage. Amen. And uh, she still had her husband's part. They were one marriage. And man and wife and God made them and they were made one flesh. Amen. And that's the uh, definition of a true marriage is one flesh. When God brings a man and God brings uh, a woman and they get married before the Lord and God makes them one. Now, that's all worked out in many years to come. It happens at the moment of marriage. But that part of realizing what happened at that time is a lifeline walk growth of marriage. But the Bible says she brought those two mites. I bet those things were weighing on her. This is all I have. I know, you know she had that evil sister. You know she did. Why don't you uh, go take those two mites? Why don't you take those widow clothes off? Buy yourself a nice red uh, blazing dress. You know, a mini dress. And some stiletto heels and some dark red lipstick. And go down. Why don't you go down to that guy Charlie's house and get him out of that house? Amen. You keep walking back and forth. He'll come out. That's how I got my man. You know, you know how those girls are. She's on the phone with them. With with her sister, a widow's sister. Why don't you go down and spend those two, spend what you have and get yourself a man. Spend uh, the last what you got. Take the widow clothes off and. And go get yourself a man. And you, you know, you can think about this poor widow and all of her struggles. And, and she's looking at her sister. 
uh, probably yelling at her husband while she's on the phone. You, you idiot, get it. I'm trying to talk to my sister. She just lost her husband, you, you idiot. Get it. Leave me alone. Why don't you go in the garage or in the basement or something? I love being in the garage and in the basement, amen? Those are my hiding places. Uh, but uh, you, you, you can kind of picture this girl's life. She was just an ordinary woman. She was just a poor woman. She wasn't anything special. And uh, she lost her husband. And, she, you know, she has probably all those voices coming from every direction. People uh, thinking that they're going to help, but they're really making it worse. Amen. You have people in your life like that. And uh, m- m- a lot of times that's just family uh, that do that. They don't know what God's doing on the inside of your heart. But this poor widow was someone different. She had something special. Notice the Bible says, There came, verse 42, there came. She came. She wasn't sitting at home, poor me, woe was me, woe was me. She came. She didn't give up. She was a woman of faith. Knowing that God will come through for her, she kept going. Despite of her circumstances, despite of any attacks, despite of all the voices in the world, she came. She didn't have much. She was poor, but she still came. She still kept at it. She didn't let things get her down. She still kept at it, kept coming to church, crying out to God, God, do something with me. She brought her husband's share, the other mite. And the Bible says, and she threw in the two mites. She threw it. She casted it. She threw it. She threw it. Minds you have cast all your cares upon him. You know, these two months were weighing her down. This represented her hope. This represented all that she had. And the Bible says even all her living. It meant that she wasn't going to get an, a check at the end of the month. It, it meant that she didn't ha- have widow benefits. Uh, she had nothing else, no plans, uh, no um, uh, hopes of getting any more money. And she was just holding it, wondering and praying, God, what should I do with this? Should I invest it? Should I take it, uh, use this, all that me and my husband? It's not much, but I can do something. I know you'll bless it. And it was weighing her down night after night after night after night, day after day. And it became a burden to her. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. Yea, he shall strengthen thee, the Bible says. The Bible says that she threw it. She didn't just lay it in there, holding on to it, a little at a time. Hold, Lord, just please, just bless. No, she threw it. She just threw it away from her. God, I believe that who I'm giving this to, and I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about our lives here. Amen. I'm talking about everything money can't buy. I'm talking about your walk with God. I'm talking about your time. I'm talking about things that aren't money. God doesn't care about your money. She threw it. Verse 43. 42, this is what happened. 43. And he called unto him his disciples. You think she was praying for Help from God? 
You think her sister, I'm not sure if she had a sister, I'm just making that up, was telling her she needs to go get a husband and take care of her, maybe the kids. And... But let me tell you this. She was a widow. She came in her widow clothing. She might not have got the attention from a future husband, but she got the attention from the husband. Amen? She got the attention that we all need. She got it from the Lord Jesus Christ. She did something so great that it caused the Lord Jesus Christ to forget everything else. It caused the God of heaven uh, to forget all holding uh, the stars in his hands in the universe. And that, 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 that is all powerful and all knowing and all supreme. To stop and look down right here. She got God's attention. Jesus our King and our Lord, he stopped and he called unto him his disciples. These are the disciples now, the 12 disciples. The ones who at one time believed that they were going to conquer the world. And now she's using this woman as the analogy, the lesson to teach them. Verily I say unto you that this poor widow, look at this definitive point right here, verse 43. This poor widow hath cast, what's the next word? More. The moment she let go of everything she had was when she gained more. If she would have held on to all of her hope to survive in this life, to live in her circumstances, to keep her from coming to church, to keep her from moving for God, God, she would have never got God's attention. She would have been just another person that was just came and just did what everybody does. But this godly, uh, faith-filled woman got God's attention. And the moment those things left her hand, the Bible says, more. She was poor. The moment she made the cast, the next word is more. God increased. She didn't physically give more. No. But when God saw her cast, all that she had, the next word was more. Give and it shall be given unto you. Don't allow your circumstances of life hold you back from serving God. Don't allow a work schedule to keep you from coming to Christ. Amen. Don't allow uh, your health to stop you for you to do what you can do for God. Do what you can do to the uttermost and let God do the rest. It may be small, but when you cast it upon the Lord, he'll multiply it to more. She hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast of their abundance, but she of her want, that means her lack, that means she wasn't supposed to give anything. She didn't have it. They should have been giving to her, helping this poor woman. 
But this lady shined above the rest. Amen. She was on a track. She was on a freight train. She was on a, a, a nonstop road to get to God, to get the help that she needed for the rest of her life. Maybe she read about Elijah and the widow woman, the woman of Zarephath, that uh, he went and the Bible says that he prepared her to take care of him. And she gave to the man of God first, and he said, it's not going to waste. It's not going to waste till this famine's over. And that meal never ran out, the cruise of oil never ran out, and she took care of her and her son till the last day until that rain came. And that famine was done. Maybe she read about uh, Ruth and Naomi, how God took care of her. Maybe she read about um, Sarah and Abraham and all the great women of the word of God. Women, I want to encourage you today to be women of faith. Men can only go as far as the women can go. Husbands will never outrun their wives. They have to stay. They have to. Women, be women of faith. You can move mountains behind the scenes. You can pray walls down. Your, your big old rugged, tough husband thinks he's plowing down walls. You prayed him down. Amen. Let, he'll think he's strong, but you're the one who's praying for him. And you keep rooting him, encouraging him. You can be a woman of faith. This woman got God's attention and used her to teach all the disciples. There was a movement in the 1800s called the Women Crusaders. The Women Crusades. They would go outside all the bars in America, pray, 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 and sing hymns. That's what brought the prohibition of America. These godly, praying women. We live in a sick land. And God calls marriages to come together in prayer. God calls moms, godly mothers, even godly widows to be women of God to do some great things for God. You have an attack against you like nothing else. Satan went to Eve first. The men always think they're all right while the women are getting attacked. Women, you're going to get attacked. But you stand strong. Don't allow your circumstances to drive you into depression. Don't allow your circumstances to drive you to anxiety. Don't allow your circumstances to drive your husband out the house. You be the wife, you be the godly mother, you be the godly woman. You can be and get God's attention. You feel like your husband is not being the husband he, he should be? You look to the real husband, which is Christ. Amen? Husbands, you think uh, the wife is not being the, the wife they, they, that they should be? You remember we're the wife. Amen? We're the wife of Christ, and we're not the wife we should always be. God gives that a comparison in the book of Ephesians. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. This woman here got God's attention. Sometimes 
because of our circumstances are bad, we need to get God's attention. We need to get on our knees in prayer and pray till God answers. We need to give so it'll get a hold of God's eyes. Give your time. Give something to the uttermost that'll grasp the attention of God in your life. When this woman got up after throwing that in, the Bible says she had more than they all. He said, well, she casted it in. She casted in more, no. She had more than they all. For you to cast in more, that means you had to have more than they all. And when you gave, the Bible says give, and it shall be given unto you. So God's going to return an investment on the two mites now. They gave, she gave more than all the rich. Don't look at what you don't have. Use what you have now. You say, I, I'm sickly. You can pray. You can pray. I can't get out and, and tell people about Christ. You be one of them scam telemarketers and call everybody you can and tell them and pre preach to them. They don't know who you are. You lead people to Christ over the phone. We have so much so-called technology. Use it. Use the telephone. Use a, a cell phone. Use anything you can get your hands on. I'm too busy. I'm working. Then you're too busy for God. This poor widow. She cast it in more. That means she had more than they all. You understand that? The rich cast it in a lot. She cast it in more. God says, give and it shall be given unto you. A good measure. How much did she give? She gave more than they all. This woman, this woman here, I don't know, and we'll, we'll find out maybe when we get to heaven, but I promise you this. The king of kings and lord of lords looked down and said, wow, this woman gave everything. She gave more. I'm going to give back to her now. What did she give? She gave more than everybody. I'm going to give more to her than everybody. Do you understand? It's not based on who you are. It's based on who you're getting the attention from. You look to this world, the scribes, they have the greater damnation. They will consume everything you have. She didn't go that way. She went to Christ, and she got his attention. Whose attention are you getting today? Are you basing it off your circumstances? Don't look any further. Look to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, and thou shalt be saved. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would have mercy on us all and help us, Lord, to look. As you showed the 12 disciples, oh God, this lady here, we don't know her name. We don't know her circumstances. We know she was poor and she was a widow. But I can say this, by the word of God, she turned out great, Lord. She got your attention. And I pray, oh God, that all the women in here, you'll help them, give them faith. Help them to get your attention. Help them not to seek the attention of this world and the affection of this world, but get your affection, your attention, Lord. Your uh, strength, I pray that the women in this church will be godly, women of faith. 
I pray the men here, Lord, will get your attention. Lord, by use their strength to do some great things for you instead of just giving it to the world. I pray, oh God, these things in Jesus' name. Let's all stand. Would you give your two mites today at the altar? Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Would you come down and give to God those two mites? God can make of you and bless you in your end more than the beginning. Have you allowed your circumstances to get you away from God? Well, you need to use your circumstances then to get God's attention. Ask God, God, make me a child of prayer. Take away the reproach of my flesh. People are praying, God is moving. Would you be a part of it? You come down. You come down and you cast your two mites at this altar. You throw it from you. It may seem like nothing, but it's everything that's holding God's blessing back in your life. So it's no big deal, pastor. It's just a little sin. Throw it at the altar. Throw it at the altar. Amen. If you could be seated for a moment, we have a baptism, two baptisms. Be seated for a moment as uh, you tarry for your brothers in Christ.
Amen. Ryan, uh, you got saved with your mother, correct? Mm-hmm. Amen. That's a, that's a good mother right there. Amen. Uh, thank God for godly mothers, teaching them to, their children the right way. And uh, Ryan got saved, and he came to me. He said, I want to get baptized. Amen. And uh, Ryan, you know that baptism is your first step of obedience in walking with the Lord. It's a pledge between you and him that you're going to walk with Christ. Amen. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, did you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. Amen. I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You pray. You pray for every person getting baptized. Amen. Lord's blessing and and his protection. Amen. Uh, Don Don got saved at our revival service. Amen. And uh, during uh, Brother Thren's message, and uh, he came up afterwards and said, I want to get saved. Amen. He even waited. I was talking with uh, Brother Lou. Brother Lou got saved, and then uh, Don was waiting, and, and then Don got saved, and thank God for uh, just the Holy Spirit's work and in following uh, in the Lord's footsteps. Amen. Amen. Don, you want to come up here? Okay. I'm about to get younger, okay? There's the little wall. You're taller. Okay. Amen. Uh, Don, do you uh, realize that being baptized is a first step of obedience for the Lord and a pledge that you're going to walk with Him? Yes. Don, did you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. Amen. I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father in heaven, Lord, I pray you bless everybody here. Pray for uh, Ryan and Don, Lord, as they got baptized, Lord. Use them in a great way for your honor and glory, Lord. Bless everybody here. Bless our families, homes, marriages, singles, Lord, men, women, children. And may we, you, we be used of you greatly this week. In Jesus' name, amen.